When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Dear Black Girl. I'm your host, Unique. You can follow me on Instagram at Unismiles, U-N-E-E Smiles. You can also follow the show on Instagram at Dear Black Girl Pod. Now, if this is your first time listening to Dear Black Girl, Dear Black Girl is a series where I invite black women to come on and share their stories by creating a five-song playlist. And the songs on their playlist represent pivotal moments within their lives. Now, the playlist is available on Apple Music. Just search Unismiles. My profile will pop up and you'll see a playlist entitled Letters to Black Girls. It changes every other week just before we put out a new episode. Now, if you're not ready, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. If you like what you hear, rate us and leave a comment. We really appreciate it so much. And thank you for your continued support. Girl, now today's guest is the senior editor at BuzzFeed for As Is. And her name is Essence Grant. Hi. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. So let's like jump right into it. Okay. How did you? get your start into media oh child <laughs> um you know what I actually went to school for social work like undergrad and grad I have a master's in social work so I have two degrees I do not use but I'm still paying for <laughs> um <clears throat> but I just always like loved the idea of advocacy even when I was younger it was just a big part of our life like my parents were in ministry we always like volunteered at the soup kitchen every summer and like just giving back was such a natural part of my life so I was like um you know I want to go into social work because I like to advocate and then I got into college and I started interning and I was like oh no like this ain't for me it was just very draining mm -hmm. um emotionally so so to this day I have like the utmost respect for social workers because I know how hard it is just from in turning at different places. And then um, my senior year of undergrad, shouts out to my HBCU Albany State in Albany, Georgia. But my senior year of undergrad, I was driving home from like a gym class and Jay-Z's Empire State of Mind came on. Uh -huh. And that line where he's like, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. I was like, oh, I need to go to New York to see if I can make it <laughs> because... That's what Sean just told me to do. Basically, that's how I interpreted it. <laughs> so um, I was like, okay, what's the... And, and at that point, I basically knew. I was like, I know... I knew then that I wanted to work in media in some capacity. I just didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, and so... I told my parents that I was going to New York for grad school, which I was. My initial plan was like, I'm going to come up here and work at a restaurant where a lot of celebrities go and I'm going to get discovered, like for something. I don't, <laughs> somebody going to want me to host their show, something. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, no, they'll never go for that. But I was like, oh, they can't say no to education. So I was like, okay. I told them, I was like, yeah, I'm going to get my master's in, in New York. And I went upstate to Albany from Albany to Albany. I went upstate because um, it was cheaper. So I went to SUNY Albany, got my master's, was done in a year. 
But that whole time I was networking. I would come to the city. I would skip class. I almost failed. Oh, God. Like, for real, for real, child. <laughs> um, and I would skip class. I would come to the city because I was like, I need to network. And I ended up meeting this girl who at the time was a blogger. And she also was like a freelance writer. And she was writing on reality shows and stuff like that. And so I was like, hey, like, do you need an intern? And she was just like, yeah. And I was like, I'll do it for free. And so she's like, oh, cool. So she's like, yeah, your first assignment is fashion week because I'm over it and I don't want to go. And I was like, uh, girl. So I was like, okay, cool. So um, I covered fashion week for her. And then fast forward to like a year later, I'm still writing for her in between time. And then like right before I graduate grad school, she's like, hey, the editor-in-chief of Hype Pair, which if you are, I don't know what, I don't think Hyper is still around, but like definitely if you're a girl, like a black girl. You remember back in the day that You magazine. remember that magazine in to the salon. At, and to go through all it for you, like your hairstyle, like yes. I want my hair to like this. Yeah, and taking it to the to the salon with you. Um, so she's like the editor-in-chief of Hyper is looking for an editorial assistant. And so I was like, oh my God, yeah, I'll do it. And so literally two days after graduation um, of, of grad school this time, I started working at Hyper magazine. Magazine, and that was my entryway into into the industry. I know that's a long story. No, it's really not. <laughs> it's, it's quick. So, like, before you started, did you know you wanted to go into like the beauty route, or I I did, but you know, it's funny because. I knew it, but I didn't know I knew it, if that makes any sense. So I was always into beauty, into style, um, and not so much because it was like, oh, I like lipstick, or it was just like, I like the power of beauty. Like, I like how it makes me feel. Like, when my hair back then, I'm natural now, but back then I had a relaxer or either, like, a press. And I'm like, when my hair is, like, wrapped, like, I know how I feel when when my hair is, like, laid. Like, Mm -hmm. I know how I feel when I have on my Maybelline mascara and my lip gloss because that's how my mama would let me wear. Um, (laughs) You know. But, like, I I knew how it, like, made me feel. And I loved, like, you know, growing up in the South and, like, seeing, like, my grandma when she was fly or, like, the black woman at my church when they were fly and decked out you move different like you nobody can really tell you nothing it's just like a power um that you have when you when you look and feel good and so I think that's what I was attracted to but I didn't like as far as like on the mainstream side of things or like the media side of things I didn't like how narrow it was it Mm -hmm. wasn't the representation factor just wasn't there it was very one-dimensional very thin white uh, straight, blonde, blue eyes. And that was like really for a long time the kind of only representation you saw. So I like like grasped and like clutched onto women like Tyra and Naomi and like women who were just really knocking down the barriers in that space. So I think I've all, it's always been inside of me. I just didn't know like, oh, you should consider this as a profession. As like a senior editor, how do you help change like the beauty standards that have been set in stone for all these years? So it's so I'm very, very lucky to be the senior beauty editor at a mainstream platform and have the freedom that I do, because I do realize that, you know, other editors who probably see the same things I see and are fed up with the same things I'm fed up with at other outlets don't have that same kind of, you know, freedom. But for me, I'm allowed to write stories that sh- that show women of color and people of color in general. Like they're, you know, every single year they have these different outlets have these like world's most beautiful people lists and and it's always oh, yes. like the same people, white, thin, 
you know, whatever. And what's like funny to me about that is like you can for those outlets, like you cannot even have a project out like but simply off the fact that you are white and blonde or whatever, like you're automatically like on this list. And meanwhile, I'm like, oh, my God, it's actually like stunning celebrities of color who are really killing the game, who have workout and will never make those kinds of lists. Um, so. I was able to, this is like one example of the kind of content I can make. I went to Afropunk one year and, um, you know, one of the girls at the time who was at BuzzFeed named Sierra, one of the photographers, she came with me and I just had her take a whole bunch of photos of everyday people at Afropunk. And then that next Monday I went to work and I did like, um however many people, 19 photos of the world's most beautiful people. They weren't mm-hmm. celebrities. They were all black. They were all body sizes, all gender identities, like just people. Um, but no mainstream outlet will ever do something like that. But I'm at BuzzFeed and I was like, this is what it's going to be. And that's what it was. And just being able to have that kind of authority and um, and show, show people who aren't ever shown. People who aren't shown, but contribute so much to the whole beauty and style narrative. Black people are legit the authorities on style and beauty, but mm-hmm. we don't really get the credit. And I'm able to do that. So I love yeah, that. You can definitely tell that through like all the appropriation. Oh my God, child. With like the bamboo hoop earrings <clears throat> and mm-hmm. the braids and everything that was just classified as ghetto is now chic and fashionable now. Right. I know. It's so crazy. We were talking about it. We just did a video not too long ago with um this nail artist her name is Jenny she does Cardi B's nails and so I went to her and she did my nails and it was really fun and elaborate um the designs work and she said it she was like you know a lot of people talk about me they say my my work is ghetto and ratchet and I was like girl it's ratchet until somebody decided they want to put it on the runway and all of a sudden it's like not ratchet anymore so we not even we about to rebuke that and we gonna put on these acrylics and we about to sashay (laughs) (laughs) let's get into your songs um so we're gonna count down starting with song number five yes this is brandy first off brandy is my like favorite vocalist ever i love her i'm such a 90s r&b girl um but this is this song is almost doesn't count and it's this is i guess not really a ranking of like my favorite song but just like for right now. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's very telling of my life right now. <laughs> so I picked Almost Doesn't Count because I recently just went through the worst heartbreak ever. And it was my first heart. And I'm 31, Ooh. almost 32. And that was, it was my worst heartbreak ever. Like, and like my first heartbreak because I'm kind of like low-key a man in these streets. Like, I don't really get attached. <laughs> you know, I just be, you know, keeping it cute. And I was like, oh my God, you know, I was really heartbroken from this situation. And um, I just had to come to this moment where I had to realize, like, it doesn't matter if he almost got his are we allowed to curse? Yes. No. Okay, it doesn't matter if he almost got his shit together. It doesn't matter if y'all could have almost been something special. It doesn't matter how close you were to, like, that finish line. You didn't cross it. So, ultimately, like, it doesn't count. Like, almost doesn't count. And you just have to, like, let go of it. And that's a hard pill to swallow. Oh, yes, girl. Like, Will you yeah. really like someone? When you, it's like... It, you just gotta. And you come up with sucks. all the excuses. You like mm-hmm. give me a sign. You get a sign like, nah, I don't like that sign. Give me another yeah. sign. <laughs> yes, and that's, it was like about six, seven years off and on oh. of signs, and I was like, you know what? I'm I'm too old for this. I gotta, yeah. So were you dating for six or seven years? Or girl, like- that's the things. Oh my god, <laughs> I am being so vulnerable. Okay, I, we weren't. That's the crazy part. So I met him. 
shortly after he had got back with his ex. Then they broke up. And I was in a relationship for almost like two years. And then I broke up. And then we kind of like, you know, went back and forth with this. Like, you know how like it be when you be like, you ever been in like very long talking situationships? Yeah, girl. I feel and like I was, I'm in one of those right now. Girl, <laughs> you you going gonna to wake up one day and be so attached and you just be like, oh my God, what happened? How did I fall in love with this lame ass? <laughs> like, and that's how it was. It was like, but I would talk to him like every single day. We would talk for hours and like, I didn't even realize it was happening. But gradually I'm like, oh my God, like, I think I might like really love this person but he trash. Not even like he was like a bad person, but just very like inconsiderate. Inconsistent. Inconsistent, inconsiderate, and very much like it's my way. And that don't really work with me. That works for some people, but that's mm-hmm. that's that's not my personality. I can't just be like, oh, yeah, whatever he says goes. That's what it is. Yeah. So, Girl, ooh, I feel like you're preaching to the choir right now. Yeah, child. Well, like, well, this guy, he doesn't, he's not, like, just that my way, but it's just, like, the inconsistency, inconsistency drives me crazy. Oh, yeah. It's such a, and I hear that from so many women, so many homegirls, but, oh, my God, he's so inconsistent. He's so inconsistent. And my thing is, like, I don't expect perfection, but I have to be real with myself about, like, what I can really handle and what I can't. I can't handle inconsistency because I'm not a mind reader. Mm-hmm. So if you all, like, good and one you know one day and I'm I'm like oh my god today he was so nice and I, he made me feel so special and maybe he really do fuck with me and then the next day I'm like what the fuck like I can't <laughs> that's too much like you need to communicate yeah and they have medication for that yeah like, but then like, I, I think <laughs> I've learned out. I learned that communications on both end because like I know I'm just had to be like oh well fuck you too then but yeah like, no nah, you can't do that you have Mm-mm. to be like nah see this is how I felt when you did that yeah and to see if they communicate back exactly say, and then if they don't and if they still inconsistent yeah. then that means they don't really regard your feelings like they should Mm-mm. and you gotta you gotta move and on. I feel like the best remedy for that is um Beyonce's don't hurt yourself. Yeah, girl. <laughs> Just that last I listened to that so much is. when I was right, but you know, like so much when I was going through, like the first the first half of Lemonade when she was angry. Now yes. the second half when she had forgave him and fell back in love, I was like, no, I can't really rock with that right now because I'm not there. <laughs> but like that first half, I was just like, do you not know? <laughs> who I am like I don't I really don't think you know yes like, yeah and that's that first half is everything you need for that empowerment because mm-hmm. it really does work it does every time I go into that oh I think I'm sad like nah why are you sad yeah. like, like no that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> song number four <laughs> okay so song number four um, is Kelly Rowland's Better Without You I want to say it's on her second album I'm not sure um I'm pretty sure it's on, yeah, it's on the Miss Kelly album, whatever, but it's called Kelly Rowland Better Without You. So I re- I had all same kind of like what Brandy's almost doesn't count, but Kelly's um Better Without You. There were songs that I knew and I had listened to, but then like I just happened to re-listen to them. And after you go through things, certain songs when you re-listen to it, it hits you in a different way. So I re-listened to that and I was like, you know, at that point I I had really started taking an active role in my healing and like I'm like, okay, girl, you gotta get over this nigga. Like this ain't going nowhere. Like, you know, let's let's get your life right. And so um, I listened to that song a lot. And it was this moment where I was like, as much as this hurts and, you know, 
the fact that I'm not in the same proximity to this person, that really, really hurts. However, I like the this version of myself better when I'm not in that proximity. Like, mm-hmm. I like myself better. Like, I'm better without you. I'm healthier. Like, I'm a better professional. Because when you're going through heartbreak and you, like, really, like, just dawning on something, it's paralyzing. Like, you can't even put your best Effort for it. efforts forward. And especially if you're a very... I'm not a very... um relationshipy whatever person like I'm not one of those people like oh I just gotta be I love love like you'll probably never hear me say that but like it kind of it's, it's, it, it kind of I would think is like even harder because you don't just fall in love so easily and you don't so when you do <laughs> that, that shit is real like yes. it's a different kind of pain because mm-hmm. it's not something where you you don't get immune to it like it's like like my body wasn't prepared for that shock that I went that I went into so um but you know I I was hurting but I knew that I was better I was more whole I was more healthy spiritually mentally emotionally professionally without that person um and so that was just I felt like very telling of where I was just at you know recently and when I did the whole like I'm over him I need to you know (laughs) so So how did you take control of your healing process you know what like I just had to let it run its course Mm -hmm. it's like a cold like you can take your cough drops and your whatever you take but like you just gotta let it run like you just gotta let it you just gotta let it run out and if you need to cry you can cry if you need to you know call your best friend and talk about how he ain't shit like you do whatever you need to do and um i can't say there was like one thing in particular but overall i was like i'm just tired of being fed up like i'm tired of being sad mm-hmm. and i was like i just i'm tired of feeling this way and so um i will say though i changed my number on him i was like i can't talk to this person no more like he can't contact me like I just need to change my number but it kind of didn't work because I ended up calling him even though I had changed my number so I'm like damn essence you're an idiot you did all that for no reason but but now I'm back to like not talking to him so it's good it's good you know I'm I'm back on my back on my wagon I had fell off but I'm back but um yeah I was saying like if if there was one thing I had to point to like a very active thing I did to take control of my healing it was like really cutting ties and being realistic with myself and cutting those ties not being like oh I'm not talking to him again and then going back but it was like no you gotta walk away and you gotta mean it and it don't matter that he texts you that he call you like you just can't pick up you know and you just gotta not look back it's hard and cutting ties is super hard now because they Mm -hmm. can find you on social media I blocked him they can use a friend's phone to reach out yeah, to you. Like, text you. will go through some measures. Or, like, talk to you via a friend or something. Yep. Like, there's so many ways there's so nowadays. many ways. I feel like it was so easier just to, like, dip out and go ghost back in the day. It was. Now, now it's, it's just, it's, like... It's basically impossible. That's why you have to have such a... and nobody can will. Yes, and nobody can force you to do it before you're ready. It has to be on your time. And that's another thing, too, I will say. And, like, for anybody that's trying to take control of their healing with a relationship, with anything, like, you have to be realistic with yourself and... Um, and and do things on your timing because your homegirl or homeboy or whoever can be like, you just got to cut that. Nigga. And and yes, like that's that's their purpose to bring to snap you back out of it to, you know, sh- shed light on truth. But ultimately, at the end of the day, like everything has to be in your timing. Like you can't quit. You can't quit a habit before you're really ready to walk away. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, child. <laughs> song number three. <clears throat> okay, so song number three is Janelle Monae's I Like It off of her last album, Dirty Computer. And I just feel like the whole song. So now we, we off niggas now. Um, so the whole song is just very reflective, I feel like, of me. Like, it's, um, I feel like I'm very unlabelable, if that's not a word. I just made it up. But, like, unlabelable. I'm unboxable. Like, I can't, like, one, like today I have on, like, overalls, these, like, boots, a, a vintage Isaac sweater I thrifted with my bro- with my brother. Like, and then tomorrow I might have on like a pump and like I I'm just like kind of like a how is my mood today? What is how is the wind <laughs> blowing me? How is the whatever? Um, and so sometimes when you're like that, it's kind of hard to fit in because there's no formula to me. There's no like it's just like well depends on the day is what you're gonna get. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that for a lot of people. It can be hard to like fit in and to mesh when you're when that's the kind of personality that you are, especially in my line of work where I work in beauty and just like women's lifestyle. Like I go to events all the time and it's like so many other beauty girls, like beauty editors there. And I feel like you don't, I don't fit belong. the status quo. Yeah, I'm like, this is not my cup of tea. Yeah, this like these like I'm not I'm different, you know, and, and I have some great, great homegirls in the industry, but like I'm like, oh I'm different. Like I kinda don't our our interests are different. What why we're in this is that, like we're just very, very different. And um, you know, but yet and still I still know I'm the shit. And there's mm-hmm. a part where Janelle Monet at the end of it, she talks about that kind of like how she got teased and like, you know, but deep down she still knew she was always the shit. And I, and I feel like that is so me. Like, it's like some days I'm really, really sad. And some days I'm like, oh my God, I don't fit in. I don't belong. This is so clicky. This is not me. Like, and none of my real, real solid homegirls even work in the, work in the industry. industry. No, yeah. they're like just regular regular life. ass, like down <laughs> ass. Like I can call them and they be like, oh yes, we pulling up. Like just like, you know, <laughs> like so um so yeah, that's not really my whatever, but but I still know like even through that I know I'm the shit and I know I belong. Like and I know, you know, like I'm I you can't really shake with my with my confidence no matter no matter what. So how do you navigate those feelings, like when you're at events or you're just out here doing like your work, like mm-hmm. it's all clickish. I don't fit in. And how do you navigate that? I just very awkwardly. <laughs> I navigate it very awkwardly. Normally I'm like, and this is why people who don't know me initially be like, oh, I thought she was going to be stuck up. Not because I don't think I act stuck up, but because I can be very, I'm, I'm as, as like, Active and talkative as I am right now and, like, all bubbly, I'm low-key kind of shy. Yes. Like, I'm really, you know, like, I I do have a shyness about me, especially when I don't feel comfortable Mm -hmm. or I feel like I'm in an unfamiliar territory. I can be, like, very, very shy. And so a lot of times that's what it is. Um, And to navigate it, I don't necessarily even really try to fight it. Like, if I genuinely run into somebody at an event and I click with them, which has happened before, like, I'll find one person from my tribe. And I'm like, oh, my God, another weird ass black girl. Yes. Like, you know, it'll work. But um, 
I don't force it. If I feel like I'm cordial, I speak and I, you know, if you speak to me, I'll speak back and we can have a conversation. But I just don't try to force things. I just kind of let them organically happen as they mm-hmm. may. And that's kind of how I navigate it because I, I have to fight so much other stuff in my life. I don't want to have to fight that. Like, it's like, hmm, this was a whole awkward two hours, but it'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like it's like that in um, every industry. Like, it's clickish, and then you're just like, oh, you feel out of place. And then the whole, the only people that keep you grounded and sane are your friends that are not within that same industry as you. Yes, yes, for sure. Like, I'm happy my friends aren't in my industry. So am I. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those. I think that's why I started to like going home more because like whenever I go home, I'm just with my friends and yes. it's regular life. Yep. And then this is like their regular life drama. And I'm just like, whoop, child. Yeah. And you're like, yes. Yeah. That's so real. It's familiar. You're, you're home. It's yes. Home. And then like you, you realize how like when you're working, especially in New York, you're just always on a go, 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 oh, go, go. And just like you're never stopping, mm-hmm. taking time to relax. You're just like always on the go. You always feel like you're missing out. You're always just go, 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 go. Never yep. stop. Mm-hmm. Breathe, yeah, and enjoy your moments for sure. <laughs> Song number two. Song number two is Ace Hood's "To Whom It May Concern." Mm-hmm. It's off one of his recent bodies of work. I can't remember which one though. Um, but I just feel like it's just a really direct correlation between my faith and my career, which is what I get from this song every time I listen to it. Especially like I work out maybe like four times a year, um, which is why I still don't have an ass and my stomach is still pudgy because <laughs> I just won't even give myself enough time to get to get right with the Lord. But um, this song on a trip. Meal, like for that 30 minutes that I'm on there out of the year that I listen to this, <laughs> I'm like, yes, Jesus, like minister to me. Like it's just such a good song. Um, and it's and it like for me, it it's like such a direct correlation between his career and his faith and how it's like this is a higher calling. So even for me, like working in, in beauty, this isn't lipstick and mascara to me. Mm-hmm. Um it's, it's actually like God's work. Like, I know I'm doing God's work and I'm really anointed to do this. And he says that, like, in a song, like, he, he's anointed. Like, and, and I know I'm anointed to do my job. Like, you can't tell me that I'm not. I know I am. And I, I, I'm anointed to be me in this space where doors have been shut on girls who look like me. And, and it's weird because the industry is opening up and they're embracing more people of color, people of different gender identities and all of that. But I'm not just like a black girl and be like, I'm black as fuck. Like I'm black, like I'm black as hell. Like I'm like very black. Like I don't, Unapologetically black. Huh? Unapologetically black. There we go. I'm unapologetically (laughs) black. So I'm not interested in highlighting culture vultures and doing stories on culture vultures who steal cornrows Mm -hmm. and culture vultures who steal designs from, you know, indie young black designers who really put a lot of time and effort and resources into their work and then they steal the designs and then sell it for For triple that price. For triple that price. I'm not interested in featuring them and highlighting them. I'm not even interested in having a conversation or an interview unless we're going to really talk about some real shit about your role in cultural appropriation. If we're going to talk about that, cool. But other than that, I'm not interested in highlighting you on our platform. Somebody else may and that's fine. But for me, I'm not. And I really consider that to be like, that's why for me, it's like bigger. This is not just about beauty. This is about being an advocate and being a voice and and helping out people who 
have been shitted on and haven't been able to walk in these spaces and be featured in these spaces. That's what this is about for me. Um, so yeah, like I just, you know, I just want to be a vessel and that's how, that's how I'm a vessel. And I, you know, I've been able to do a lot of cool work, like the, the story I talked about before, or like even, you know, featuring Cardi B's nail art. That that video got a million views in a day. Now it's that some I don't even know. Mm-hmm. And like we did, um, me and two other girls I worked with, Sylvia and I know Patrice. Sylvia. You know Sylvia? Yeah. She, child, she is a trip. <laughs> but um, me, Sylvia, and Patrice did this video last year where we wore like 40-inch Nicki Minaj wigs. And that... Uh-huh. Video was trending number two on YouTube after Taylor Swift, like after she dropped her new music video. And I'm like, this is what I'm here to do. Like, to show you black girls being unapologetically black, paying homage to female rappers or whoever, um, wearing long ass weaves, because you can't tell us how we gonna wear our hair. Today Mm -hmm. I'm in an afro, tomorrow I'm in a weave. Like, just doing all of that in 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 a very real and authentic way. That's, That's what I'm here to do. And, um, Yes, I just really love that song because I love how he's evolved in his career and how he's found the deeper purpose. This is like you can so tell he's in a space where like this is not just about music or rap or hip hop. This is this is God's work. And I'm just, you know, on this earth to be a vessel and, you know, help inspire the next person, help inspire the next person. And I I really, really fuck with that. And I just love that song. Y'all got to listen to it. Ace Hood be going I was listening to it earlier today and I was just like, oh yeah, he really has like grown because he he even talks about like, it's not, there's not even beef between me and Khaled no more. Like, no, we're cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I just love that. That grew up like, mm -mm, I'm not beefing nobody. I'm just like, I'm, I'm just out here trying to be a vessel. Mm -hmm. You know, praise the Lord. So so what are ways that you've been a vessel thus far within your career? One, I feel like having very important conversations that need to be had, like not even just publicly, like as far as stories or videos are concerned, like content, but like even within the company behind closed doors, like being able to talk to um, people who are more senior than me, people who are, you know, more junior than me and be like, so how are you? What's your, what's your issues? How, how can we better serve you? Like, how can we help like, you know, make this even more inclusive and make this even more diverse and make this even more of like a safe place and a safe zone? How can we, you know, something that I talk a lot about is like there, I'm even aware in all of my black, unapologetically black assness, I'm aware that there is a privilege in me being quote unquote conventionally attractive to white people standards mm-hmm. and me being tall and slim and me having, even though my hair is uh, natural and having a definite curl pattern, like that's privilege. Like, because that's what society has said. Like, Oh, this is good. This is acceptable. This is acceptable. Yes. This we will we'll allow this. So with that privilege, like you can't help. I say all the time, you can't help your privilege. Like you can't help if you're born white, you can't help if you're born skinny, you can't help if you're straight, you can't have, that's just how, that's how you are made. But with that privilege, privilege, you have to then look out for people who are not privileged in the same capacity as you are. And that's if we all just use our privilege to help somebody else, to help tell somebody else's story, to help get somebody else a raise, to help get somebody else a job in the door. Like I just yesterday was emailing somebody. I hope I you know, was introduced to this really lovely young girl 
who's like in tech, black girl. And I just love when girls are in STEM period because that was never mm-hmm. my ministry. So I'd be like, <laughs> yes, you better know science and tech and math and engineering, I think is the E. I don't know. Yeah. But like, <laughs> so I'm just always like, oh my God, this is so dope. So, you know, I connected her with our head of recruitment in HR and then someone else who works in HR. And I hope everything works out. But like, I don't know her, but I I was able to look at her portfolio and I'm like, oh, she's brilliant. She's dope. And then they can take it from there. And if she's a fit, great. She can get in that door. But at least I'm doing my part to be like, okay, I'm here, you know, by the grace of God, like, let me help somebody else also get here because we got to bust these doors down. Yes. Like, we got to bring each other into these into these spaces because that's how you really create change and not and at every level, not just entry level, not just, you know, but every single level, like senior levels and in boardrooms. Like, I don't like being the only black person in the room. I don't like being the only woman in the room. I don't like being the only person of color in the room. When I go into meetings and I'm like... Why I'm the only like I hate that feeling because there are just some things that culturally are different, it's different styles in communication, different mm-hmm. styles in how you may interpret stuff, like different insights, different perspectives. So when I'm in a meeting by myself and I'm the only black girl or whatever, the only woman, essentially there is like a greater chance that I don't have as many allies or like people won't see my perspective. So I'm outnumbered. It's like, this is, I'm, I'm at a disadvantage. It's not even a fair fight. I can tell you why this is so important and why she, we should implement this, but I'm by myself and I'm talking to, you know, this actually does not happen at BuzzFeed because we're actually pretty good about like, you know, being diverse, but like for other people out there, like if I'm the only woman at my law firm and I'm talking to whatever, and it's like all white older men, like, that's they're it. not going to pay you no mind. They're not going to pay you no mind. So you need people who look like you, who understand what you to bring diverse thought, diverse perspective, and also just to be like, oh, no, she's she's actually right. Like, we should try this, and this is why I agree. I can speak from my experience, too, that, like, this is a thing. Like, um, so I know for a fact that is, I've definitely been a vessel in, in that regards, just, you know, and my two reports are two black girls, and they bomb and they dope, and I think one of them has been up here, Jamae. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So, like, you know, I'm just, child, just just out here trying to bring more people in the door, girl. Yeah, because I feel like <laughs> that whole war room situation is, like, how stuff, like, with the H&M happens. And yes. All that happens is it's not that there's not a black person in the war room. It's just that ain't nobody listening to the black person Ain't nobody listening to the black person. They're like, no, 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 it'll it's, be fine. Cool, it's like... like Tamika just told y'all that this is going to be a, a firestorm. Y'all must lose listening. so much money. <laughs> no, but, and then there you go. Weekend saying, oh, I'm not working with them. And all these people like pulling out. And it's like, but this could have been avoided had you had more people who looked like her in the room. And by the way, I don't know if a girl named Tamika is at H&M or not. I just say that because <laughs> Tamika sounded like she could be my cousin. I don't know. But like, you know, you didn't listen to that person or that person just wasn't there. And even like diversity in age, I mm-hmm. say all the time, like I'll go to different brands or sit on panels and they'll often ask like, what do you suggest? Like, how do we evolve and move forward? I'm like, you got to listen to the young people in the room, especially if you're a legacy brand and you have been around forever. It's hard to admit but they know and you need both you yes. need your wise elders you need the and ogs you need the and you need the younger people because the younger people gonna tell you what people care about and the older people gonna tell you they just have a wisdom and like this is how you navigate this this is how you you know how you make it happen execute it yeah i feel like oh my god especially with the music i feel like oh, that gap sure. 
It's so <laughs> that real. That gap is so real between the legacy and the newcomers. Like, mm-hmm. there's no middle ground. There's no each one teach one. There, there's a few each one teach ones, but yeah. for the most part, it's just chaos. It's just chaos. And that's why I love when I see people like Missy showing Cardi B love. And, you know, Missy is like a freaking genius. She's yes. brilliant. Like, she is... Even when people talk about, like, not even hip-hop legends, but when people talk about music legends, period, I'm like, if you don't speak her name, I don't even trust you. (laughs) I'm not leaving my purse around you. You're not getting a spare key to my house. Like, I don't trust you. I don't trust your judgment. I don't trust anything. Like, she is such a genius. So to see somebody of her brilliance and talent and just, like, impact, like, she's influenced so much, show somebody like Cardi love. Like, I just love, it just really warms my heart when I see that. I'm like, she's not bitter. She's not salty. She's securing her spot. Nobody can undo what Missy has has done done. ever. It won't ever happen. And I love that she, you know, is secure enough in that to be like, I like like this young girl. Like, I love that. Yes. Song number one. Song number one is Kurt Franklin's Intercession. Um, This playlist is all over the place. But (laughs) that's me. I told y'all I'm all over the place. So Kurt Franklin's Intercession. um, It's just for me a, a reminder of where my strength comes from. And it's also humbling because I know I'm not perfect or without fault, but I'm chosen. Like, I don't think that I'm in this position or anything that I've been able to achieve like I don't think it's because oh I'm just the shit like I know I'm the shit because God made me sorry for using God and shit in the same sentence but like I don't think that I'm without flaw or without fault or that I'm perfect but he's chosen me and I'm just it's humbling and I'm just very grateful for that and it also reminds me that God always carries me in my weight like when I'm just too tired when mm-hmm. I'm like you know I can't put this on my back no more like I'm tired my my legs aching I'm literally about to collapse and he just always bails me out always even times like when I've been so low like before I mean now is not everything is not perfect like I still go through stuff you'll always go through stuff as long as you're living but when I first moved up here, it was hard. Like, it's hard. Like, you know, being a Southern girl coming up here, no, I don't have family up here. Like, I didn't know anybody. This was really like a for real leap of faith. And so um, my very first job, I was laid off. I, in between time, I was like, you know, surviving basically on unemployment, freelance checks, which if you have ever freelanced, you ain't even getting them checks on time Mm-mm. if you get them. So it's like a gamble, like, am I going to be able to pay my rent this month or not? We'll see if they come through and write this check. So, you know, that I was working retail um, in between time, like just doing and it was exhausting. It was draining. And I remember one day I was like... Um, this was when I was in between jobs. I was driving to, where was I going? Oh, I was, I, at that time I was like, okay, I need a, a retail situation. And I worked at a, at the mall in Paramus, New Jersey. And I was driving and I called my mom and I was like, yo, I'm about to break. Like, I feel like, have you ever seen like on a movie or something, it'd be like a, like a statue, like a concrete statue. And like, it has a crack in it mm-hmm. and then something hits it and it just crumbles. Yes. I was like, I feel like I'm a crack statue. And if somebody just so much as pokes me, I'm crumbling. Like, and she was like, okay, I'm about to get off the phone. My mama prays. Like she prayed for everything. One time she prayed to God, show her how to make these potatoes. Like <laughs> she prayed for everything. I, I kid you not. So she's like, okay. And get off the phone. I'm about to start praying. And from now until you get to your job, just pray and thank God in advance for bringing you out. Thank him for what he's already done. Thank him for what you know he's going to do. Just like start 
you know, have say a prayer of thanks, basically. And I did that and I just instantly felt so much better. Um, and so I just I'm always reminded of how, you know, God is always interceding for me, just always, always interceding. Like when stuff when I was like scared and I'm like, I don't know if I'm gonna make it up here. Like I maybe I thought I had what it took, but I really don't. Like maybe I'm supposed to go back home. Um he just always must send me like a little bit of a reminder, like, nope, you belong here. And it might not be like super or in my head what I think to be life changing. It may not be something that's about to pay my rent, but it's just like a reminder, like, no, I have you here for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, that song always, always, always reminds me of that. And I listen to it a lot. It's just so good. Yeah, I feel like that is especially important to have in a city like New York. Oh, for sure. Because... Sometimes I look at I look at how long I've been here and I'm just like, how am I still here? Like, how yeah. have I been able to survive uh-huh. this long in this city yeah. and its costs and mm-hmm. all its, like, drama. stress and drama? Mm-hmm. And it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. It's so much. Um, but, yeah, and, and I think, too, like, kind of like what we were saying earlier, when you know you the shit, but also when you know where you're strength comes from and what for me that's my faith for somebody that could be something different but like even when it's hard it's still not like throwing the towel hard Mm -hmm. even when you're right at that point you still kind of like no because I know as hard as it is I know I'm gonna make it out it's just a matter of do I have the patience to withstand the storm that I'm going through and learn whatever lesson I'm supposed to go through and I'm and I'm so grateful that even when I was super young, a lot younger than I am now, because I've been up here for a while now. And when I wasn't making no money that I had the like insight to know, like, no, stick it out. And it's definitely paid off. But sometimes it's just about like, do you have patience to withstand, you know, whatever it is you're going through the storm? Do you have um, insight to know, like, you got to learn something from this and you're not coming out until you grasp whatever that is mm-hmm. like and. You can't rush God. And that's something that I definitely learned. Because I'm like, anytime that you would like to give me a job, <laughs> I'm going to be, you know, that would be cool with me. Just letting you know in case you didn't know. In case you thought I'd like to be an unemployed. Um, but he does stuff on his timing. Um, and, and yeah, like, but I'm I'm so grateful. I wouldn't change a thing as hard as that. Now, I wouldn't go back. <laughs> Because I like being able to pay my bills and travel and all of that stuff. I ain't, I ain't trying to go back. But I'm happy that I went through and I wouldn't change a thing because it's made me so... I've, I'm so much more grateful. And also, I have an insight. And I know it's made me more aware, like, this is not about me. This this literally is a ministry. Like, this is about touching people. This is about representing people who haven't been represented. Like, this is bigger. And I don't know if things would have worked out the way they worked out for me now, things like I didn't start working at BuzzFeed until I was 28. If I would have started working there and the, and I would have been in this position at 23, 24, I don't know if I would have had the conviction to actually speak up when I'm like, no, we actually can't do that. We can't cover that that way. This is a problem. Like, I don't know if I would have had that conviction. I don't know if I would have had the insight or the sensitivity, I, I just, I don't, actually, I know I wouldn't have. I needed that time. I, I needed that time because I, I would have missed, um, I wouldn't have used the platform as responsibly as I do now. So what do you want your legacy to be? <gasps> OMG. Oh my God, that's <laughs> so loaded. Um, also, y'all should know that I code switch a lot. I be like doing the whole like, 
with the pop. And then the next second, I'm like, oh, my God. Um, <laughs> so my legacy. Mm, what do I want my legacy to be? Okay. I got to really think about this. I would say that I, it sounds so cliche because everybody wants to make a difference. But like that I stayed true to my convictions and that I, I don't want to say made the unseen feel seen because that sounds like a revival thing. <laughs> but like <laughs> that I really, really put on like for people, especially my people, like I say all the time at the end of the day, I just want black girls to be proud of me. Like, I don't really care about nothing else. Like, I want, I really want black girls to fuck with me heavily because I know, like, black girls, especially when it comes to beauty and fashion, black girls are the authority. Whether we give them credit for it or not, they are. So I respect and I value their opinion. And black girls are just, like, strong and and our respect is not easily get like you got to really earn it so when black girls reach out to me and they really fuck with me that does a lot for me like that fills me in a way that like I cannot even put into words and so for my legacy obviously I want to put on for you know everybody but for black women and I just um I just want to be an advocate of beauty and representation and like and normalizing diversity, not just putting diversity in something because it's trendy, but making it normal, which is why I'll do stuff like photos on the world's most beautiful people with no disclaimer that you about to be looking at 19 photos of black faces. You're not going to get that in a headline. You just going to click on that shit and you're going <laughs> to scroll and be like, oh, shit, everybody black. Because like... <laughs> I say all the time, like when I go through, you know, I won't call anybody's magazine out. But when I was younger and I would pick up magazines and they had like most beautiful people. They didn't tell me I was about to look at all white people when I'm on a runway and it's supposed to be the most fashionable, the most whatever. Nobody is telling me that it's about to be a whole bunch of white models. They just say they just do that. And subconsciously, you perceive that as the norm and the standard of beauty of what's acceptable. Um, you you perceive that as the standard of who of what's nice, what's safe, what's like, you know, representation is bigger is bigger than just like about beauty and attractiveness like it's about perception is everything if you if you only see black women depicted as like angry as attitude as whatever that's what you normalize and con- you know you believe that them to be that in your head mm-hmm. so for me it's not even just about like oh I want black women to know that they're beautiful and I want the world to know that they're beautiful it's just like that but also like to know that they're human like representation is to me about just like normalizing the humanness in all of us. And that's a very long answer and it's all over the place. But I already told you I was all over the place early in this conversation. So don't come for me because you've been warned. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that's what I want my legacy to be. It's just I really did my thing when it came to to normal to normalizing um, representation and diversity and you know, putting on from all my black girls. So before we go, you have to give us your dear black girl open letter. <gasps> OMG. I don't know why I keep doing it. Okay. <laughs> my dear black girl open letter. So, <clears throat> dear black girl, you are my muse, my first love. You are valued. You are 
the standard and you are the authority on all things beautiful, stylish, brilliant, cool, uh, multidimensional. I appreciate you so, so much. You fulfill me in a way that nobody else fills me, literally. Um, you are actually God. I'm very convinced God is a black woman. Nobody can convince me otherwise. Because just the way, you know, stuff be out here in these streets. I'm like, a black girl has to be God. Because, like, only a black woman would think of that. Um, you make me smile. You make me laugh. You always hold me down. You always look out for me. Whenever I'm in some real deep shit, it's always a black girl that's there to like help me through it always when I can't count on nobody else I know I can count on on black girls for sure and for that I'm forever indebted to you I love you unconditionally and I am here with you holding your hand through the good times and the bad times and every other time in between and I just love you from the bottom of my whole entire heart Love sincerely your fellow black girl, sister, queen, magical being, unicorn, angel, essence. <laughs>